Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ardenfbc.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Hey, church family, Merry Christmas on behalf of my family to yours. I want to wish you a, a very Merry Christmas. To all of our guests watching online, welcome to Arden at Home Special Christmas Edition. Today we're going to talk about how you are purposefully born, that God made you on purpose and with a purpose. Now we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. We're going to be reading a very special and familiar Christmas passage and looking at it from the thought of being purposefully born. Read with me in Luke 2, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. All went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. May God bless his word. Again, we want to welcome you to this special Christmas edition. Today's Christmas message is called Purposefully Born. Now, what I want to do is just give you some truths from this story about Jesus' birth. And then towards the end, we're going to look right at your life. Did you know that you are purposefully born, that you were born on purpose and with a purpose, that God has a greater plan for your life? So the first truth today is that God is at work in the world even when you can't see it. When we look at the scripture passage here today, we see that God used a decree from a secular ruler to set in motion the birth of Christ. And we see God working behind the scenes in ways that the watching world, most of them were not even aware of it. So in Proverbs 21, verse 1, the scripture says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. So all we see is God is working behind the scenes. He is turning the king's heart. He is directing all the pathways. And why is he doing this? Because God wanted Jesus to be born at this exact time, in this exact place. There's a really powerful story about Jesus celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And he went to go wash his disciples' feet. And of course, Peter, who often stuck a foot in his mouth, protested and said, God, and he said, Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. And I want to read you a scripture that really spoke to me. Jesus, in John 13, verse 7 Jesus said, you do not understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. You do not understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. Friend, let me tell you something. Right now, even as we're having this Christmas service together, God is working behind the scenes. He is working in your life. For those of you who are married, he's working in your marriage. 
For those of you who have kids, he's working in your kid's life. For those of you who are single, he's working in your life. For the students listening, God is working behind the scenes. And he's working in ways that you cannot even often see. Scripture says that God often speaks in a still, small voice. But he often works in ways that are unseen by the human eye. So I want you to learn this truth that God is at work in the world even when you can't see it. The second truth that we can learn from Jesus' birth is that Jesus was born at the exact time and the exact place that God chose for him. Go back to verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So this decree from Caesar Augustus set a huge ripple effect into the world. Everyone went back to their hometown where they were born. And we know that Joseph was from which hometown? Put it in the comments section. I'm waiting for you. Bethlehem, you got it. And what's significant about this? 700 years before this happened, the prophet Micah prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. In Micah 5.2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathath, even though you're a little, so little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. So what did Micah predict? That there would be a son that was born, that his goings were from everlasting. What does that mean? Before Jesus made his debut on earth, he was the eternal son of God. You're like, what does that mean? Let me, let me phrase it this way. Who was the only person ever born that was older than his parents? Anybody know? It was Jesus. But because before Jesus was born on earth, he lived forever as the eternal son of God. When he came down to earth, he simply put on a human body. The reason for that is we know that God can't die. And the problem is we have a sin problem. So what? how did God solve this dilemma? He solved it by sending Jesus in a human body. The eternal son of God took on a human body was born in Bethlehem, and it fulfilled the prophecy some 700 years before Jesus came. Have you guys ever heard of the butterfly effect? The butterfly effect came from Edward Lorenz. In 1963, he made a presentation to the New York Academy of Sciences, and he was literally laughed out of the room. His theory that we now call the butterfly effect stated that a butterfly could flap its wings and set air molecules in motion that in turn would move other air molecules, which would then move additional air molecules, eventually being able to influence weather patterns on the other side of the planet. Can you believe that? For years, this theory remained an interesting myth. In the mid-1990s, however, several professors that studied physics studied this, and from different universities, they worked in tandem and they proved that the butterfly effect was accurate, viable, and worked every single time they tested it. It has been accorded the status of a law and now is known in scientific circles as the technical notion of sensitive dependence on initial conditions. So let me, let me give you this butterfly effect. Jesus came, and when he was born that first Christmas day, a butterfly effect set in motion. This is God's redemptive plan. See, in Genesis 1 and 2, God made the perfect world. That was amazing. Adam and Eve lived in this pristine environment. But then Genesis 3 happened. Sin entered the world when Adam and Eve took the forbidden fruit. 
that set in motion a butterfly effect of sin, that we all have inherited this sin nature. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. That's the bad news. And it gets worse. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. But here's the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So get this butterfly effect. Sin came into the world and it brought devastation. But Jesus was born on Christmas Day, friend. I just want to reach into your living room and shout, Merry Christmas, because here's what happened. When Jesus was born, a redemptive effect was brought into all the world. And what is this redemptive effect? Is Jesus was born so that you could be born again. And Jesus lived the perfect life that you and I couldn't live. He died a sacrificial death, and he rose victoriously the third day. So Jesus was born so that we could live. Jesus died for our sins so that you and I wouldn't have to die in our sins. Friend, this is such good news. The third thing we can learn from the birth of Jesus on this Christmas day is that God chose the parents that would raise Jesus. We see in verses 5 and 6, Jesus' parents. What were their names? All right, kids that are watching, say it out loud. Mary and Joseph, right. They were the earthly parents. God chose Mary as the vehicle through which he, the Son of God would be born into the world. And Joseph was Jesus, really his adoptive father, because Jesus had no earthly father, just an adopted father. So here's the thing, that God had a high calling on Jesus. And because of that, he chose the exact parents that were to raise Jesus. The fourth truth is that Jesus was purposefully born to change the world. In verse 7, Look back in Luke chapter 2. It says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in what kind of clothes? Swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Now I want you to notice the circumstances of Jesus' birth. First of all, he was wrapped in in cloths, swaddling cloths. And what's fascinating about this, Kirk Cameron um, has a movie called Saving Christmas. And he brought up a fact that I had never thought about before. Jesus is mentioned wrapped in cloths on two different occasions. His birth, and then you guys know what the second occasion is? It's his death. His death and where they bury him, he's wrapped in these cloths. So what does that teach us? Jesus was on a mission not just to be born, but also to die for our sins. Another fascinating thing, after Jesus was born, the wise men came. He was probably about two. And they brought these spices, including myrrh. To, to, to the baby Jesus, the young child. And does anybody know when this is mentioned again as far as reference to Jesus? It has to do with his death. They anointed his body for burial. So we see at his birth, there's pictures of his mission. Jesus came on a death mission. He came to die for us. He came so that we could accept his forgiveness. That's such good news. But also notice how Jesus came into the world. Not only was he born in Bethlehem, but they laid him in a manger. Now, you think about a manger. A lot of us, we think it's this cool little thing we see in Christmas plays, this wooden little you know, crib, but a manger is actually a feeding trough. It's a place where animals are all around. So we see also in his birth, the, the events and circumstances surrounding his birth, Jesus was born around animals. Why is that? Well, 
We know that Jesus called himself the Lamb of God. Actually, John the Baptist called him, this is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. So you think about that. The Lamb of God was born where there were other animals, including lambs. So that was, that was part of his sacrificial nature of his birth. Think about the circumstances where Jesus was born in such a lowly place. Some scholars think it was like a cave for work. It could have been the lower level of a house where they kept animals. And you're like, why would the king of all kings be born in such humble circumstances in such a just this this lowly place? And I believe the answer was Jesus was born at the very bottom of society, the very lowest, the poorest of of, of the culture of his day so that he could redeem all of us from the very rock bottom all the way to the very top. Jesus came as a savior for all people, not just the rich and famous, but also the people that were poor. He is the savior for everyone. But notice it says the reason why they laid him in a manger, there was no room for him in the inn. And we notice that in this day and time, there weren't like hotels, hotel eights that we know of, motel six or whatever. There wasn't Airbnbs, but there were different homes that you could stay in and people could reserve a space. They were very hospitable, but there was no room for Jesus. And we know that story, but I want to I give like a spiritual principle that, did you know that many people today have no room for Jesus in the end of their heart? Many people crowd Jesus out. Many people are so distracted by so many things in life that there's no room for Jesus in their hearts. And I just want to encourage you this Christmas, make room for Jesus. I want to read you a scripture in Ephesians 3.17. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow deep down into God's love and keep you strong. So I want to encourage you, let Jesus settle in your heart. Get rid of that chunk in your trunk. Let Christ settle in. But Jesus is a jealous lover. He doesn't want to have competing other gods or other lovers in your life. So here's my challenge for you on this Christmas day. Make room for Jesus in the end of your heart. Push away any distractions and allow Jesus to settle in your life. Make room for him. So I want to close this message by giving you some personal Christmas gifts. We talked about the birth of Jesus and how God is working behind the scenes and arranging all the circumstances and details of his life. But what about you? What about you and this year? What does God want to speak to you today? So I want to give you three simple Christmas truths. And these are Christmas presents from God's word. The first application we can bring is God is working in your life, even if you don't know it. Just like we read in the passage, like the governor was having this uh, taxation and people were going back to their hometowns. and, And God was working behind the scenes. So even as we read the scripture now, I've got a message of hope for you. God loves you. He not only loves you, he likes you. And it's Max Lucado once said that if God had a fridge, your picture would be on it. So I just want that to soak into your heart. God loves you. No matter who you are, no matter what bad things you've done in your life, no matter where you've been, no matter what kind of person you are right now, I just want that just to sink into your soul. God loves you, friend. In fact, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So let that soak in 
God loves you. And see, he not only loves you, but he has an amazing plan for your life. And he's working behind the scenes in ways that you can't presently see. In Romans 8, 28, it says, God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Let that soak in the second Christmas gift. I want you to receive this day from God's word is you were purposefully born at the exact time and place God chose. So here's the thing. We talk about Jesus being born in Bethlehem because it was prophesied some 700 years ago by the prophet Micah. But can I read you a scripture that may change the way you think about your life? Did you know that you're not a circumstance of chance or coincidence? Did you know that God knew the exact parents that you had, whether they were good or bad? Did you know that God exact time and location for you to be born? In Acts 17, 26 and 27, the scripture says from one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. So I want to encourage you with this. The exact time that you were born and the exact place that you were born were orchestrated by God. Now, I know some of you, your parents weren't the best. And God can work in their hearts if they're still living. But here's the thing. Even if your parents were not the best parents, God is working behind the scenes. He is the perfect heavenly father. And he is working in your life in ways that you cannot see. You were purposefully born. Born on purpose and with purpose. The last truth I want to give you, and I want you guys to go back and celebrate this this time of Christmas with your families, is that you were born for a greater purpose. And you ready for that? The purpose is to change the world. So here's the thing. Your purpose is to make an impact on planet Earth. Your purpose is to find out how, why and how God has made you. What's your purpose for living? We know that it's to bring God glory, but also it's to live out the reason for your existence. What's the reason for my existence? Well, God has a destiny for you. He has a plan for you. Let me tell you a true story about a man who changed the world. On Friday, April the 2nd, 2004, ABC News did a special segment called The Person of the Week. And this Person of the Week was 91 years old at the time. His name is Norman Burlock. And what happened with him is he had a special agricultural invention that made corn and wheat disease-resistant in arid climates. And this made such an impact upon agriculture that for the next several decades, people were able to survive famines, even in arid regions. Throughout the years since Norman Burlog's work saved so many people from famine, it's estimated that he saved more than 2 billion people from famine. Think about that, 2 billion people. So can I tell you something? You were called to change the world. Now, you may not save the lives of two billion people, but listen, if you can save and impact one person's life and realize it's not you that saves them, it's Jesus who saves them, but you're the messenger. If you can impact the life of one person, guess what? It creates a butterfly effect where so many people's lives are changed because that one person's life is changed. So I want to encourage you this Christmas, and here's some challenges I want to give to you. 
This is your big idea for today. Jesus was born so that you could be reborn. Jesus became poor so that you could become spiritually rich. Before we close this service out, I just want to first of all talk to the believers that are watching. This Christmas can be your best Christmas ever if you'll give more of your heart to Jesus than ever before. So in just a moment, I'm going to lead your prayer in doing that. For the person who hasn't yet accepted Christ, I want to give you this challenge. Invite Jesus to save you. Now, there may be someone that would say, Timothy, I believe in God. I grew up in church. I've always been a Christian. Now, listen, we have not always been a Christian. You have to actually make a decision. It's just like I've not always been married. I had to decide to ask Lori to marry me, and we said our vows, and we said, I do. So if you've never personally invited Jesus to save you, I want to invite you to do that right now. So if you'll close your eyes, and I just want to lead you in this prayer. First of all, to the person that's never accepted Christ, say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me and you rose again. And right now I invite you into my life. I invite you to save me. And Jesus, I know there's a lot of areas that need cleaning up, a lot of things I need forgiveness of. So I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins. Step out of heaven and into my life right now, Lord Jesus. I make a decision to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. And for the believers right now listening at home, I ask you just to close your eyes for one more moment. If you've realized that you need to give more of your life, maybe you need to rededicate your life, I want you to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I want this to be the best Christmas ever by giving more of my life this year than ever before. So right now I surrender my entire life that you're not only Savior, but you're my Lord. Please be the Lord of my life and help me walk more closely to you this day and this coming year than ever before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.